We are back in Soho. I have amazing people with me. I've got Joanne. Hey. I've got amazing Helen. How are you doing? Good, thank you. And we're going to be reviewing Secret Cinema. I went and saw Casino Royale in their fun place. We also play a game where we play box office higher or lower. We talk about all the stuff that's happened in the news and a bunch of biscuits and gin are involved. In a cloud where there are already too many film podcasts, you have to ask yourself, what's the harm in one more? Two ordinary men armed with unqualified opinions. Talk Filmy to Me. Hello, welcome to the Talk Filmy to Me podcast, the film podcast about news, entertainment, general pop culture. We are back in our home away from home, in the heart of Soho, Soho Radio Productions. That means, you know what that means, I've got awesome people with me. I start to left and work my way round. You may recognise her voice, she was on a couple of weeks ago, Joanne Rowdy from Radio Times. How are you doing? Is that because I just talked, like... Majority of the time, no, Disney. One of the you are you are. Uh, I'm a big Disney fan. Oh yeah, there's there, there might be a Disney off here later I, well, on. Well, again, you've met my requirements <laughs> of talking at least five minutes about Disney, at least. Cool. Well, actually, someone put in one of the comments. I really like Joanne. She calls Flint out and he's bullshit. So, well, there you go. That's, that's that's a great start. Not, oh, is that what I was doing? Okay. <laughs> and anyway, mo- moving on. So. Uh, Absolute podcast royalty. I think it's the third time you've been on because we talked on Skype about Avengers. Yes, we did. I forgot. Which uh, was the most downloaded podcast I ever had. It even topped that time my mum accidentally subscribed. So, Helen, thank you so much (laughs) for being back. Marathon Runner, Legal Advice, everything in between. How are you doing? I try. I try. Yeah, I'm good. Thank you. It's been a busy day, but it's it's been a good week, actually. So, I'm going to ask you, last night was very busy by the sounds of it. It was the Empire Q&A with Kevin Feige. How did it go? It was a delight, actually. He, I mean, he's he's lovely. He's a really good interview. I think producers tend to be very aware of what they can't say, you know. But because we were talking retrospectively for once, instead of trying mm. to milk him for information about something that's coming up, we were actually able to get, like, good information from him, you know, because he won't talk about anything that isn't out yet. Yeah. He's very, very close minded Would you say he's very fantastically minded <laughs> and uh, keeps these things yeah. close to his chest in an X way? I would say it's a big X on all of those. Ah, okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he runs a blade right through them. But... Um, <laughs> But no, it was it was really fun. He was telling us sort of behind the scenes anecdotes, like um, John Favreau apparently just you know shooting the shit backstage, you know, kind of just chatting away in the cabin, um, and then going out and delivering that really emotional scene at the end. Oh my you god! Know, which I won't, you know, just in case anybody still hasn't seen it, for the three people who still haven't seen it, <laughs> shouting abuse at Tom Holland. That's that exactly, <laughs> of course. So you know, it was and and Gwyneth Paltrow also not being aware that she'd been in a film with Samuel L. Jackson. Well, how do she you? Doesn't how do you aware that? of most things, though? No, let's, let's be real here. I assume her agent knows these things. I assume like her agent got the check for Spider-Man: Homecoming, but like mm. she definitely was not paying attention to the fact that she was in Spider-Man: Homecoming. You know, I think so. she forgot most films she's in. To be honest, I think it's possible. No, fair enough. But um, but that's amazing. So that was, that was yeah. to have that have that the literally God Himself uh, talking about that sort of stuff. <laughs> um, do you remember last time you're on the pod? And I, I, I made you a present because best Thank presents you, are made. Yes. And I thought, could I top that? But um, I've got gifts for both of you oh, for wow. this. Oh, my God. So think of it's it like... my birthday. I know, I know. Biscuits, gin, diet oh, gin okay. because I've got to fight the dad bod. But um, I've got two things here. Now, I'll start start with your own because you, you're you already on brand with Disney. I am. I'm always on brand. And I thought, you know this what? It's exciting. You're said, just rustling for suspense. Yeah, I know. I know. Oh, shake. Um, hope I don't break it. Um, there is a funny story about something happened in the gym with this earlier. But anyway, I'll talk about it another time. But um, essentially, you said your favourite Disney film was... Beauty and the Beast. Yep. Yeah, and that you didn't like the remake. 
Well, no, it was right. a letdown. That's fair. Yeah. That's, that's fair. There's many fair reasons. Yeah. Might get enough. started no, again. No, hashtag not my beast. But there was something that I thought you needed to see. Just like how Snyder Cut fans are out there saying release oh, the wow. cut. Okay. I think there's a cut out there that needs to be seen. And it's the cut, not the cut we deserve, but it's the cut we need. <laughs> Taylor's old as time. Song is old and rhyme. Beauty and Maurice. Oh no, it's falling down. It's falling down. Oh wow, there's a plot twist. There, there, there you go. It's uh, also, someone has actually taken this Maurice. This um, interesting. Oh, wow. I would say that the story would have developed in a very different way if he had stayed in the tower. I'm just saying. Yeah, like, he didn't need to become, switch Rebel. Yeah, they could have become friends. Also, he like I know they can't see this, but I'm going to tweet this purely because that's a disturbing amount of chest from Maurice in that chest. <laughs> it's it's quite a low V, isn't it? Yeah, he's yeah. rocking it. I think he's he rocking looks good. It. I think I've got to say, I'm sorry, it kind of fell apart. Essentially, I was in the gym earlier, and these things fell out of my bag. And I'm going to be honest, when you're like in the gym changing rooms and people see that fall out your bag they do have questions there, there are They've, judgments I can imagine there would yeah. be questions so Helen last time I gave you Chris Evans as Golden Retrievers oh, and I thought okay what other amazing celebrities with animals that I can find and combine <laughs> went school through Twitter unfortunately you follow a lot of them already so I want to find one that you may haven't oh. have followed this is a lot of intense yeah, research I'm impressed oh yeah this is, this is my empire fan fiction <laughs> <laughs> but um, I thought okay also you don't like Cats the musical Oh, it's terrible. But I thought, what can I, what can I put together for cats and the internet? Because the internet is people. Mm-hmm. And I thought, Keanu Reeves as cats. And there's a Twitter account, what? which is Keanu Reeves as cats. Oh my goodness! Actually, I mean, this is enough to turn me around on the musical nearly. This. Is- <laughs> It makes me question great. why Keanu Reeves isn't in isn't a cat isn't in cat. The movie. <laughs> you know what? That is a huge oversight. I'm just thinking they miscast. I imagine they went to him and just couldn't get him. Maybe he was like, I'm too feline as it is. Like, mm. step away. He'll go to method. Maybe he'll spend <laughs> Actually, his whole time licking true. himself. Yeah. And uh, like, I've got great and, idea. Um, jumps on the table. And I, so anyway, segue. Eh? Talking about remakes and cat. Have you not seen that someone has taken some form of deep faking technology? Because mm-hmm. that's the only way I can describe. Are you about to say Lion King. The Lion King. Yeah, I do. One. Have we seen this? No. What's this? So someone has taken the Lion King, 1999, and they have deep faked. A cartoon version, or a more cartoony oh, yes. version, and they've actually animated it together in like scenes. Oh, I haven't seen the animated. I, I saw some stills where they basically, essentially, just like cartoonified the eyes. Yeah, of the... they've done like a bit more of a mashup now, oh, so it plays out in scenes. Though saying that, I kind of revoke part of my opinion from last time because then I saw it like that and had nightmares. <laughs> have, you, have you seen all of them? Because no. the eyes being that wide on like an actual real lion is mm. disturbing no end. It's kind of similar to the Cats movie trailer. Yeah, Do you think yeah. the people doing Sonic at the moment are going through so many iterations? Mm. They just, I think they just panic anything hap- when anything comes out that remotely has an animal involved or something that... Um, is like a translation because I just like you went smaller now they've gone bigger what do you want <laughs> what yes well what do they want and that's interesting so let's talk about Disney and the bunch of remakes they've been mm. announcing recently Disney Plus they're going to be remaking a bunch of classic films and maybe not so classic but they've definitely got its own fandom every pot has a lid and everything in between mm. of that what do we make let's talk about Home Alone first of all them remaking it yeah I've heard rumours that there might be a girl instead of a Kevin I don't know if that's true or not. I kind of Prince of Bel-Air style. Yeah. Fresh Prince. The, the big oh, okay. question for me, though, is how does it survive if there are cell phones? Is it going to be a period piece, essentially? Or how do they possibly explain the, the yeah. isolation? You know, because you have to have that. And, and if he can just call for help, and they can just call for help, yeah. and I don't understand 
hides home alone for that long. And also she... there's, you know, the Google Home advert that he did? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Literally incredible. deliberately debunked the fact that you couldn't do it nowadays. And I was like, has everybody forgotten he actually proved that you can't do it these <laughs> days? Because narrow, he had yeah. Google Home. Yeah. So uh, what a lot of people forget about actually is that there's been a truckload of home loan sequels, mm. right? And they've done the whole gender swap thing. They've done. And they the... deliberately forget them. That's not. They're, well, it. yeah, that's not. That's a, that's a good point. Very good point. Call me out my bullshit. Thanks. And um, <laughs> there's like, what is there to be told that hasn't been told in a way that's interesting? One of the things that I'm concerned about with all of this is: Have you ever read um, Creativity Inc. the Pixar mm-hmm. book? Yeah, I absolutely love it. The audiobook version is incredible as well. And they talk about the strategy that Disney had at the time when they're doing Toy Story 2, which is a really interesting, meth- like way of describing of you can have great people and great technology, but not necessarily one can function without the other. Mm. And at the time, Disney's strategy was with doing uh, re-releases or sequels straight to video. Yeah. And they deliberately said, look, we know they're not good. We're going to get the B teams working on this while the A teams work on the, the original content. Um, well, you know, kind yeah. of original. And is this another, is this, just, is this just the 2019 version of that? Like making subpar stuff, you're going to stick on your streaming service because it's the brand and name and that sort of stuff. I'm, I'm going to say something slightly potentially controversial here. <laughs> Some Disney original content for their TV networks mm. has actually been for its audience pretty great like stuff like high school musical right high school musical the descendants i actually haven't seen i keep meaning to but like i hear great things Mm. you know some of this stuff even though it's lower budget even though it's not big names attached can be really really good and really really effective and not everything needs to be big screen sort of quality or big screen like big a-list cast you know so i can kind of see this working i mean the thing is like home alone i remember that being in my local cinema for like about nine months. I think it was still there at the end of the summer. Mm. The full, like, yeah. it, w- it went on for a very long time. It went time. on for it had a long tail. Ever. And and I don't know that, well, not, that definitely wouldn't happen now, but I don't know if it would be a hit at any to any great degree because it doesn't have the flash, the bang. Yeah. You know, the sort of spectacle. Kind of a we, product of its time as well, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But it's also that I, I don't know if we go to the cinema now for those sort of family yeah. dramas or yeah. comedies or whatever things. I think people forget as well that, so when we were talking about this before, saying like, okay, I'm like semi-joking, but I kind of don't mind in a sense that they remade Beauty and the Beast and The Lion King and things like this. I know I go for a different reason and I'm comparing it, but I was saying my cousin's kids go and it's like the first, it's not the first time they've seen it because I've made them watch it, but in terms of they're quite willing to watch another Mm. version of it and see it like that, they just watch Mm. it differently now. I was also like Home Alone, if they do change it and gender swap it and all this, actually, I have more of an issue when they just keep playing around with things to try and pretend it's different. Yeah. So if you're going to reboot it, just reboot it. Mm. Stop yeah. pretending that you're doing something different. As long as you do something different for a reason. Yeah. I agree. It's just yeah. like, I'm going to change the gender. Yeah. It seems to be the default, the, the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air yeah. one was literally just like, okay, we're going to make it a girl. It's different. Yeah, right. The rest is kind of the same. Mm. And I suppose it kind of, it kind of means jack shit if it's if it's the same sort of people behind the camera telling the same sort of stories not telling it in a way where so i suppose it's not just like if you're going to do it do it in the right way and there's mm. plenty of right ways out there to suppose to take experience from there's other things they announced as part of these this remake slate as well the only ones that i could think of at the time when i was putting that i like your was, choices here i was well, like yeah. does the this great reveal mouse, about adam <laughs> the great mouse detective which uh, is before Disney's disney renaissance but also like it did really well as a mm. movie at the time mm. in relative terms it was a success was it Basil the Great Mouse Detective here? I seem to remember we yeah, the name as well. Yeah, and I think as well, like in terms of there was um, like a meme off thing with Basil, as in the, uh, Basil Brush. 
Yeah. Oh. And <laughs> which I enjoy immensely. That should have been the version. <laughs> I don't think they're allowed that. I was but the difference with this is like um I don't know what we would consider exactly live action because this one's supposed to be live action, isn't it? Mm. And they were saying the mouse is uh, animated, but everyone else is live action. And I was like, wait a second, I recognise this. Stuart Little? Yeah. Pretty, the, when you read the mm. description, I was like, I mean, it's essentially... Nice, no, different. We're getting Hugh Laurie involved this is time. Is it more Sherlock Little, really? <laughs> sure. Exactly. There we go. Wow. I mean, copyright that now I'm and kind of, yeah. we'll make our own version. I'm kind of here for that, to be honest. Well, and, like, the, and I'm not as attached to the Great Mouse Detective as some of the rest. You know, like, The mm. Little Mermaid is going to have to be great for me to forgive messing with The Little Mermaid, you know? Yeah. But The Great Mouse Detective, I feel like the fandom is smaller. I think you're right. And I feel like... We can maybe take some risks with that one. Like the same reason, like remake the the Black Cauldron, Disney, because yeah. it's famously one of your worst animations, and the books are actually great. Yeah, I felt. Uh, I'm also wondering how you would remake that because I was no, reading yeah. like one of the history ones, and it was like, okay, they went PG thirteen, and it was like Disney just just don't yeah. stay stay in this wow. lane of uh, you know nice U territory, mm. but. Wow. Yeah, I don't mind. Great Mouse Detective, if it is like Stuart Little, and with the twist that you've gone for there, I like that. <laughs> Well, there you go. I was going to slag it off, but you guys seem to know. <laughs> you can have an opposite opinion, Adam. No, 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 no. To be honest, I'm not. I, I suppose my biggest concern, not concern, because, you know, Disney, they've got my money. I've got Are you a secret fan money. of The Great Mouse Detective? I did grow up on it. Well, just on that movie? Well, no, I wasn't. That would be weird. <laughs> it's like, it? what other Disney films I'm are a, there? I'm essentially just, yeah, that's that's as far as I'm concerned, Disney. No, but I, it's just interesting to see a direction of going this. I suppose my concern, and you guys kind of put the counter argument really, really correctly about this, is that. If it's the subpar people making it, then I, it, I don't want it. I don't. It shouldn't go find other opportunities to showcase talent in other ways. Um, and that's why I was a bit surprised to hear they're going to potentially reboot Night at the Museum mm. as well. I didn't know that was a Disney film. Wait a second. A can fox. I just can I just ah. say something before you say? Do you know you said subpar twice there? Yeah. I mean, Lion King was the B team for animation. You don't knock the sub party. Really? Yeah. Pocahontas was the A team. Every yeah. time I, I get the theme oh tune my in my God. head, I had to take a pause then. Every time I say A-team. Um, but the B-team was the Lion King. And the whole joke of it was that the main Disney people were like, oh, you know, you're on this one. But all the best people wanted to move across to Pocahontas. Really? And they kept being like, oh, that's the one we want to have an Oscar with. Um, no, None of the animals are going to have voices because we're serious about this. It's a romantic one. It'll copy the Beauty and the Beast feel. And then um, Lion King massively knocked that all out of the park. And they were like, well, you said we were, you know, the B-team. Yeah. Wow! And then I in comes the dollars. Then. Here comes the Oscars. House of Mouse. I also wonder if Disney still has a B team. I think they've done quite a good job of making themselves look really attractive to creative people. Uh, yeah, I think true. part of that is the Creativity Inc. Sort of, you know. Well, what's his face came over, they, didn't yeah, he? Yeah, exactly. Um, that out. Well, but it wasn't John. Just John Lester. Ed Catmull had an office at Disney yeah. with him. You know, so they yeah. both came over, <laughs> and I think that's permeated the culture really a lot because. Mm. Apart from anything else, it does work. It makes them loads of money. And, you know, Marvel is a similar idea. Marvel has a bit of a brain trust that goes on retreats as well. No, I, I can't. So, there's there's got to be a book about this in the future, surely. Honestly, I would kill to be a fan. I was watching um, Chef recently on oh, Netflix. Oh, and yeah. like, that makes me so hungry all the time. <laughs> Never and, watch it on, a, on an empty seat. Yeah, and there's one particular episode where Jon Favreau is hanging out with uh, Tom Holland's, the Russos, uh, Robert Downey Jr. My first thought wasn't, oh my God, this is amazing. I was like, 
why are they allowed them to be in the same room together? Mm. Like, what happens if something bad happens? <laughs> we need a designated Marvel survivor on this. So when you're saying that, you immediately know the answer to what will happen, and it's the scary reboot. <laughs> oh, okay, yeah, yeah, fair enough. <laughs> anyway, Which spe- is another reason not to do it. <laughs> well, yeah, speaking of scary reboots then, so Night at the Museum, why, why? I'm very confused about that one, though. Yeah, why? Because mm. what year was Night at the Museum? It doesn't feel that long ago, and maybe I'm revealing something about myself No, here. it doesn't feel like 2007-ish? Yeah, and not, something like that? Not and it also long. had a sequel, right? Two sequels, I think. Yeah, I've had two Spider-Men then. So that's probably why it doesn't seem that long ago, because I think the last one wasn't. But also, just in terms of, not that you shouldn't touch something because it's got, you know, certain. It wasn't that good to retouch it anyway. Well, I was more like Robin Williams in the first one. I remember the kids really enjoying Mm. that. Mm. Yeah. And I kind of, I watched it for that reason. And even when I think I've rewatched it at any time, it's been with children and they've really liked the jokes of it. But it wouldn't be the one that I reach over and go, oh, I'm just going in the archive. Oh, Night at the Museum. Yeah, just I'll remake that. If they're going to remake it, like you say, find a compelling reason to do it. If it's just the same story, but you're going to swap out Ricky Gervais with James Corden or something, like I don't want it. <laughs> like that's just going to be boring. Both of those ideas there. just my that's... brain revolted against. Yeah, no. yeah James exactly. James Corden exactly, being used right. for anything, basically. Well, right, yeah, but um, but I didn't even know this was. I suppose you're right, Fox. Fox and, yeah. yeah. But of all the things, the reboot with the Fox thing, you go. You know what? Night Museum. That's the one, people. But then saying that, <laughs> Planet of the Apes. Oh, this was weird though because everybody kept reporting it was a reboot but it's not it was to do with the spin-offs they already had planned wasn't it the Andy Serkis-y stuff well when they were saying that there was um, ages ago there was rumours anyway they were going to do more of a like spin-off like adjacent thing to Planet of the Apes yeah. and then there was the whole like um, shareholder rumour thing coming out and then it said that I think BuzzFeed were reporting that there was a call where Bob Iger was like hey Fox you kind of lost quite a bit of money right. um, in operating it was like millions and so then it was like knocking off things off the slate. So you know, like the massive mm. slate they had, suddenly yeah. loads of stuff had gone. X Men: Dark Phoenix was pretty bad. Yeah. So that obviously didn't help. But Planet of the Apes was on the the new card, so to speak. Mm. So like, it's not a reboot. It's more like the previous idea that they had. They're just yeah. bringing it back, and the way that would look, no one knows yet. But I think it's more like uh, some of these aren't remakes or reboots. Then we just keep using that word to be angry. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh god, it's another reboot. I'm like, I mean, it's not a reboot. It's a, a continuation. Yeah, yeah. Um, I I generally love those movies. Like the I don't know how to describe it. The Rise trilogy or the the, the modern telling of it recently. I was really hoping because they kind of dropped that that nugget in that first film of Lost in Space and I was kind of hoping they would yeah. eventually go there. But obviously, I mean, maybe there's plans. I don't know. But um. Mm. As long as they maybe I don't know have a, an occasional female character who isn't a total cliche, that would be I would be. I would enjoy oh, what? that. The lot that you had a female character last time. Fair enough, she was a mute, quite literally. Yeah. So we've <laughs> had mutes, we've had nurses. Basically, almost every female character in that entire series can be summed up by the word nurturing. Yeah. Apart from the mute girl, it's not ideal, is what I'm saying. No. Uh, okay. So maybe through better lenses, we could get better stuff. But hey, Woody Harrelson like shaved his head and like shot guns and stuff. That was cool. Sure. Is that your bar? <laughs> You're like, oh, right, those shaved heads. Let's go home. You That's was... why I really liked Hobbs and Shaw. <laughs> He's like, wow, another shaved head. Yeah, and he talks about bollocks and a bulldog. Oh, that was funny. That's true. Uh, I wish that had been in your review. Um, <laughs> you, the other thing, because obviously Planet of the Apes feeds into the fox yeah. uh, problem. But uh, I know I'm skipping ahead. Yeah, yeah, do it. But I was going to say, this is the other thing. Like, I was kind of like, oh, okay, how's Disney going to deal with having Fox mm-hmm. and I always end up joking about you know the things that are banned in Disney movies that's the whole reason of having Fox like mm-hmm. no smoking mm-hmm. no beheadings yes that's one mm. um, always my favourite but then I'm like okay so you can't have those things but you can do it it's like Bohemian Rhapsody would never have been under a Disney slate because it just doesn't fit mm. Deadpool's a weird one because I'm just like does it, 
I don't know. Do you think it needs to be an R? Because I saw the director said, like, it doesn't need to be. And that's why we're bringing it into Marvel Studios with the others. But I'm like, is that just so you can have the crossovers? It feels like it's mostly so you can have the crossovers. Yeah. I, I, I get that look, there have been essentially PG Deadpool comics. Not every Deadpool comic is <laughs> violent. Not yeah. every Deadpool comic is completely, you know, swear-filled or anything. It can be done. Mm. I don't know if it should be done. Um, because we are now used to a certain kind of Deadpool. Yeah. In on, well, that's I had to rewatch it when I was reading it because I was just like, wait a second, okay, when we say R, oh, is it, what it was, do we mean? It was pretty R. And then I was like, oh no, it is. <laughs> it's it's, it's really very R. R. And and the thing is, nobody wants to recast him because he is literally. He is Deadpool. I mean, as we saw in Hobson Shaw recently, he, he is Deadpool in that too. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So, it's it's a genuine, it's a genuine conundrum. I guess he can make an issue of it, as and when if indeed he arrives in the MCU, because he can literally comment on it. Yeah, He's the true. only one who can. Yeah, I mean, I mean they, they test the water with Once Upon a Deadpool, didn't they, uh, mm. Christmas yeah. last year? I can't. I yeah. don't remember how well or not so well it done. I mean, it was limited release. It was, anyway, yeah, right? it was in cinemas for like so two it was, days. It was basically a DVD extra which came yeah. out from that. But I think this is where, like, originally, when I first heard it, I was like, no, fuck this, it should be R-rated, keep it R-rated. But then I was like, actually, you can do... 90% of the stuff mm. you can do yeah, through exactly. clever writing, clever positioning, clever camera work, clever everything else in between that. And it can, you can fool the sensors to get it down to mm. the rating you need to, where it lives in an MCU world from a certificate rating and everything else. And Ryan Reynolds, like you say, take away the beheading, take away the full frontal nudity smoking, and the <laughs> smoking, you still get Deadpool. You still get the funny bits about it because like, like I said, the character is so charming and hilarious. Hobson Shaw, spoiler alert, um, you know, he, there is a, an interesting cameo of him in there and he is basically being He's basically Wade, doing right? the same thing, yeah. So it, it could work. Can I just point out though, Disney has had an R-rated movie. <laughs> what was this? Fifth State, Benedict Cumberbatch. Really? I don't think that's a good comparison to make. But, but they did used to have Touchstone, which was their exactly, own, yeah. you know, label. <clears throat> so like they could keep I think they're planning to in fact keep the Fox yeah. label. So they've still got yeah. a bit of wiggle Maneuver, room. But, yeah. It's only the MCU how that yeah. affect it. Well speaking about crossing into MCU or maybe not, mm. uh, I know it was your film of the year last year, <laughs> Venom. Um, <laughs> <It's so bad. laughs> but uh, the sequel's announced. I'm actually really hyped about this. Uh, Why? I like Andy Circus. Oh, and I like what's Venom. wrong with you? I liked you. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry. <laughs> that list is getting bigger and bigger <laughs> of each podcast. Um, look, I, look, I completely concur with all the, the feedback of the original film. Yes, there's a bunch of stuff wrong with it, whilst at the same time there are some okay bits and I'm hoping the okay bits get what was through. okay just out of curiosity for you. the character venom in it yeah the title scene. When, when, when it got funny towards yeah. when they realized that it should be funny yeah those scenes were okay so basically anything they actually learned from the other Mar like marvel universe Love taking it. it over hey you can have look to have the amazing tears you have <laughs> to have the saying. bad tears and yes there's a lot of bad but there's also okay bits so hope, what my point is it did i'm hoping in china didn't it it did yeah, well. done amazing. It did, so you know like china can have venom life. too we don't need it that's well, what I'm saying. Oh, well, I'll gladly they go to the screening for this. Too. Yeah, they could, oh, come on. I didn't like Mowgli too much. Mowgli film, I didn't like that. Mm. Did you, did you yeah. like it? Didn't love it. It's no. quite dark. Yeah. So. Also, it's just timing. Like, Actually, to be fair, Tim, this one is something separate, right? Yeah. So Mowgli came out when there was another Jungle Book. And whenever he seems to do something, it's like the same time as a pretty much the same movie. Are you saying was, the, the Marvel equivalent, not the, sorry, the... 
the the DC equivalent of Venom is being made right now. Maybe. And it's going to be maybe released at lived, the exact same time. Maybe he just lives in a parallel universe, but he's <laughs> confused and just keeps making movies. That pretty in much. Fact, so. In fact, maybe it's just Idris Elba just going, you know what, I'm going to take that role just to, just to be the counter-opposite. <laughs> Why did you bring up Idris Elba now? That was the worst part of Hobbs and Shaw, I told you. Oh, I have strong feelings oh, about okay. that. If he says the words... I'm, Bad I'm Black Superman. One more time, I'm going to cry. But the problem was, he didn't even say uh, it three times. He only said it once. Exactly. And Everybody the else kept repeating it. And it's like, dude, why are you so impressed <laughs> with that phrase? It's like, stop the joke now, please. Yeah, I love you. So we're really hyped about Venom 2 then. Um, <laughs> hey, Woody Harrelson. I, was, I thought I was carnage. keeping it quite <laughs> inside, cool. to be honest. Well, you know, if they give their villain more, t- more to do this time, because Riz Ahmed. God bless him, he's an incredible actor. Oh, he was left yeah. high and dry by that film. Yes, very much so. I think it wasn't very balanced. You're right. It's more a case of like, I don't know. I'm going to just sound like I'm slacking off every opportunity. It's like, balance <laughs> the story. Also, Tom Hardy, I don't, I like him. He's but just I'm, being Tom Hardy in that film. He even turns up in his Tom own Hardy. Clothes. So I'm just like, okay, so you're not, okay, we're not going to do anything else with this. Great. Maybe if it, maybe I'm wrong. And maybe with Venom 2, they're like, okay, this was terrible. Let's try harder. So the great mouse detective in Venom 2. That's and Gollum turns up. And Gollum turns up. Well, maybe maybe he might do some motion capture. I'm just saying it could be a comic crossover. <laughs> do we think, though, this might tie into the MCU? And was there any questions that led to that in your Q&A mm. last night? No, there were none, I'm afraid. No. Oh. Um, I, I don't think so. I don't know, really. But, you know, the, Im- the implication is that Spider-Man's crossing over. Mm-hmm. I don't know if this is even exactly the same universe technically well, right what's, now. what's her name? Pascal, I can't remember her mm, first name. Amy Pascal. Oh, thank you. Uh, she was doing a... And again, this was during the contracts being signed phase mm. and building up hype. I just remember there was one Q&A she done with Kevin Feige and she said, there's a chance they could cross over. Kevin Feige did turn around and give her the look of no, no, stop talking about that now. Yeah. But um, there is loads of rumours coming out that the Morbius mm-hmm. movie, that there may be a connection or some connection tissue with all of this stuff now. And maybe because Venom did make a truckload of money, whether you like it or not, it did. In China. In China. <laughs> Disclaimer, in Just China. Um, and you know, there are some big names still linked to this stuff. So it will it will get some bang for its buck. And But not everything this is my other like die on. Not connected. everything has to be connected or cross over. I'm like, do it when it's yeah. natural, but it doesn't need to be the same universe. Mm. Please just leave something separate. And also we were saying this last time we were like it actually makes it impossible for some people to even keep up. Yeah. Like, yeah I was insane. Yeah. Like, he hadn't even watched Endgame or whatever because you have to watch all these other things before. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so, trying to bring younger people or newer people to a franchise when you're constantly burdening them for like a million movies With homework makes no sense. Yeah. Like, it, like have something that you can enjoy separate. Yeah, you have to you have to have some things that are easy entry. Yeah. Um, apart from anything else, like, but yeah, I had somebody recently ask me, should they see Endgame? And I said, well, which other ones have you seen? You've seen Infinity War at least, right? And they were mm-hmm. like, no. And yeah. And you then, should absolutely not see Endgame. Yeah. It makes no absolutely sense. Not. Yeah. And then you kind of don't want someone to see something that you know is good when it, mm-hmm. it's going to tarnish it by not seeing yep. things before. Yeah. Also, um, the DC films on big screen, but DC animation films do this quite well. Yeah. They have all the random crossover ones on the side. Like there was a TM, uh, the Ninja Turtles that wasn't technically part of the current timeline. It? It was, it's good, but it's just fun. And that's mm. the point. It doesn't need to connect to the main... Um, story like Batman Hush is out on Monday. Yes, that's my favorite. I saw Batman that comic. this week, and they make a lot of changes. Do they? Yes. Uh, good or bad changes? I mean, I don't. I, I didn't mind them. There was a girl behind me that had very strong opinions, but she was dressed as Batman. <laughs> so take that from that what you want. 
I love it when people go over the She top also of said when we went past the statue, <laughs> and there's um in the Warner Brothers Studios room, mm. there's just loads of random statues and stuff, and it has a Batman one. And she went up to it, stood in front of it, and went, I want to climb him. <laughs> and everything after that, I just was like, context. Everything's about context. Well, well, if anyone finds that lady, marry her. <laughs> yeah. but, uh, so anyway, um, let's jump actually into the next bit while you talked a bit about Batman. So Kevin Conroy, the voice of Batman, mm. other Batman I love Kevin Conroy, but, by the way. That's oh, my disclaimer. Yeah, he's, he's Batman. He's so nice. He, he also did my voicemail message. Really? Oh my yeah. God. I had to change it with my new phone. What, was but, it on Fiverr or something? <laughs> Can you imagine? No, we did a phone interview a while ago. Um, I think it was like his last one that he did for, because there's now the new voice of Batman. Yes. But I told him that he was my favourite still, as I always do. Mm. Mm. No, generally, he's my favourite voice. And um, we'd met at Comic-Con previously. And then at the end, I was like, do you know what? I really regret something. And can I just ask you at the end... Uh, just to do something for me. And he was just like, oh, I'm a bit worried now. What are you going to ask me? And I was like, no, no, no. It's just that last time we spoke, I really wanted you to say, you've reached blah, blah, blah. And yeah. like, but start with, I'm Batman. And they freaked the hell, fuck out of people. <laughs> like, Is it still a voicemail now? No, because I had to change my phone. And I've got the recording of it separately because I did it just on both. Spend all night calling your yeah. voicemail. <laughs> just, well, that said you to sleep. I'm Batman. Maybe, or maybe I'll just record it once. I mean, that's not cost like. Break I was about up the bills. to say, don't, right. don't, don't do that. Right. So, Helen, are you mm. a CW fan? Like the CW verse, the Arrow verse, that sort of stuff. Do you know what? I I, I got about three seasons into Arrow. One. Oh, that was the one not to give up on. I know, I know. One season into Flash. Um, like half a season into Supergirl, and I've liked them all. And but it's again, it's just. A lot up with my homework, yeah. and mm. and I mean I've got Supernatural to rewatch all the time. You know, it's Supernatural is like a lifetime worth of TV. A, though. <laughs> we're coming into season. You'd probably 15. end up dying and ending up in Supernatural by the time you finish it. Fingers crossed. <laughs> um, no, they'd salt and burn me. That would be terrible. Anyway, uh, but yeah, so I I just I I like it. I enjoy the characters. I think the casting is phenomenal. I just haven't been keeping up mm. fast enough. I love Arrow, by the way. Yeah. Uh, it's uh, there's like a chart for Arrow, right? Yeah, and season three was absolutely terrible. Yeah, no, I yeah. have heard that. I think I just got into season four, but I just again, it's yeah. on top of it. I'm also behind an Agents of Shield. I'm behind on all of these shows, but I've been kind of reading some bits and pieces, so I know about some of the very the, very the crossover. Cool stuff I'm yeah. excited about. Yeah. I think the crossover, the last one was good. It raised the stakes, and they actually do event TV really well. Yeah, yeah. but sometimes they have certain episodes where you're like. Eh. It's quite I soapy. Like, dipping out, but when it's the crossover or build up, yeah. the crossover, it's huge, yeah. And it's like it does like in the comics as well. Yeah. Like the comics are obviously the inspiration for this, but the comics just do it so well. They yeah, just yeah. flow in and flow out, and you can tell there's real love to the art and the craft of bringing that into the world of TV. And obviously, you hear about people like Kevin Smith and all that stuff that are involved. In it, although obviously there's probably an, a village that goes into writing oh, yeah. these shows, not just individuals and and directing and everything else. But you can really see that that love for the craft in there and the idea that they're basically gone let's just go through whoever Dean Cain is in this uh, yeah. even though they've not announced if he's it, not in it I'll cry it. because I love Dean Cain <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> he's my right. favourite Superman really the one I grew up with so yeah, I think it's your whatever show. you're attached yeah. to I love the new TV show. I literally became a journalist because I wanted to be Lois Lane far from that but <laughs> I went to my interview and they were like why do you want to be a journalist and I was like well I watched the new Adventures of Superman have you seen my satchel <laughs> Like, you get the job. There we go. That's it. My, <laughs> my daughter's story. called my daughter's called Lana, and every time I say to certain, like people of certain fandoms, "Oh, my daughter's called Lana," they always say the first fucking question is, "Oh, that's 
that's Superman's first girlfriend. Yeah. I was like, yeah, because the aspirations of my fucking daughter is to be Superman's first girlfriend ex. Like, come on. Yeah. I prefer, maybe it's because I watch too much Archer. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, the whole thing, they bring a bunch of people who have mm. worked in previous endeavours on TV to the the, sil- uh, the small silver screen for the CW Arrowverse. Is, for it, C- is it Crisis on Infinite Earths? Yes. Yeah, it is. I mean, this is a cool And it idea. follows it quite closely because yeah. it's got um, monitors coming back. They've, got, they've cast anti-monitor, which means they are pretty much doing the yeah, same yeah. story. But Ward... Isn't right. it? Amazing. Batman. Um, they brought back the lowest sets in the series. Um, annoyingly, they had Linda Carter on the list and now she's been taken off. No. I know, I was really looking forward to that. Um, but they, Brandon Routh, who's already in it as Ray uh, yeah. in Legends, is also playing also the playing Kingdom Superman. Come Superman in another timeline, oh, which I think is great. Amazing. And also, people have been begging for him to be Superman in this because they already recast Superman yeah. in the series yeah. as Tyler. Yeah. So How like, young was he when he played Superman Returns? Because like he still looks like... He's he just got that face, though, where... Yeah, he's, yeah, he's yeah. just he's he's like boy next door. Anytime soon. No, fair I'll, enough. I'll be Bastard. like 90 and he will look 25. Yeah. I'm just calling it. Damn git. But um, I'm I'm really really pumped for this. Um, I I agree with you. I I dip in and out because like they've they've gone they've done hundreds of episodes literally of this stuff now, right? So it's really hard to keep that together. Yet they seem to find that way of pulling us in mm. in a way where you don't necessarily need to have seen the season where they blew up a town, literally blew up a town, and that was yeah. like that was their jumping the shark moment in my opinion for for Arrow. But um, or you know Flash, where literally everyone is a, is a speedster. In fact, if they're not a speedster, but that they is had reined back on that now because they, they actually even directly addressed it and went, okay, okay, oh, <laughs> like, okay. Uh, and the whole premise for this one as well is um, it's not even a spoiler because they literally yeah. promo it like this that Oliver has to die at some point that was his deal yeah. so one that's happened two it's Barry's form just saying if anyone has an issue with that they can come find me and <laughs> he's got a lot to answer for he keeps fucking up the timeline <laughs> but the, now that's why it's 2019 so we know that's got to happen but the thing that's interesting is this is the first time the crossover is crossover Christmas so it's December Right. An arrow and the rest of it is in January, and I can't wait for things like that. That's oh, gonna be horrendous. Yeah. I'll be sat at Christmas going, but what happened? What? So <laughs> it's not it's not like a four night back. No, not like thing. they did before. This time it's split over um, December, January, break, and I'm like, yeah. why? There's a mid season break. It actually said mid season break. That's the worst time of my that, life that when kind you have of to wait. Mid season break is like it's killer. killer. Why? Because I mean, American TV, man. It's because just... they don't understand how streaming we world. Live. We don't. We no. want everything upfront. Speaking of upfront, right now, superhero stuff. Boys, what do we think? Have oh no, you should really enjoyed it. See, I have strong feelings about it. But what only... the vibe you do? <laughs> no, only because I like like what they're trying to do, but then I feel like it was it's trying too hard to be like that. There's certain yeah, things look, in it where I'm like, don't be. Look, it's based on a Garth Ennis, so obviously. Yeah. but that's the thing. I've. But having read the comments, even that, I was like, mm, yeah, I don't know. I feel mine's very specific view, though, because I get it. People like it. it but also at the same time, I'm like, don't be. The I mean, attacking I, nature of it, I don't like. I could have done with le- with fewer people exploding. <laughs> this is mainly, it's like gratuitous blood. in places. Yeah. yeah. But that's, I mean, that's always the way. It's, it's yeah. like, it's like Garth Ennis and Mark Millar just seem to have this kind of one-upping, ooh, who can be yeah, exactly. shocking. And I, I do prefer Garth Ennis' writing probably overall just because he does have... I think quite great ideas underneath, and he does mm. develop them actually quite well. But it is just distracting when, and it's kind of 
a little bit childish when you're oh look how far look how far we can go look how shocking we can be it's like dude just calm down yeah. we're with you we're watching yeah yeah you know but um but uh, it's really well cast like the, yeah and i think carbon's incredible in this yeah and i i watched it in like a day and a half like it was extremely addictive yeah i'm trying to space it out because like i tend to be like a i like to be like a camel of these sort of things i want to enjoy it savor it because i know it's going to be a couple of years before something good comes back for that probably the best amazon original uh, uh, Jack Ryan. Okay, I would take that in terms of like in terms of Amazon content, it's mm. better than yeah, yeah, exactly. One. It was and also like I said, it's like a personal preference because sometimes I'm like, I get it, you're trying to make a point, but then you're making like three points in one thing, and it's mm. like it mm. becomes a bit of an attack. That's yeah. more my issue with it. Now yeah, we've got to wrap up news in a second, but I just want to talk about Netflix because we're talking about streaming mm. stuff, and there's a bit of a. First of all, let's talk about the the good side of it. Of um, there's apparently a Eurovision movie in the works. It's Bosnian, the most handsome man in Iceland. Which how big's Iceland? Yeah, no, but just <laughs> not very big. I know. Yeah. Been, he I does was that, like, that's yeah. his title when he goes on holiday. There. Yeah, no, that's that's that happens like, anyway. He's the, I mean he's the handsomest man in a lot of bigger places. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Just when he lands, they're just yeah. like, oh, sorry, we have to change it now. And you're <laughs> the most a handsome out, man like... in America. <laughs> you're the most handsome man in Iceland. Yeah. Um, but he, uh, I'm, I mean, my only concern with this movie, I'm kind of on board. I think, yeah. um, you know, Rachel McAdams and Will Ferrell together yeah. trying to win Eurovision. Cool. The only issue I have is how do you spoof Eurovision? It is a spoof. Yeah, it spoofs exactly. itself. Yeah, how do you do it in a way that isn't just cultural inappropriation and just lazy racist writing? Like in a way which is, they're in the joke as well. I yeah. think last time I saw something which actually made me laugh and it was kind of poking fun, but in a really fun way was Far From Home. The Dutch guys. Oh, uh, yeah. They were great. Uh, maybe, oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. That sort of style sort of, of yeah. yes, we totally can poke fun at ourselves and it's not just one particular demographic pointing out something. It's a way where everyone's in on a joke and it's kind of funny and kind of everyone's getting it in equal measures. I almost wonder if you should get real Eurovision acts yes. to do their Lord, That would be great. Cameos. Lord, now. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm even formulating an article in my head. Those grandies. <laughs> I mean, come on. Oh, okay. yeah. Oh, my God. What's the best Eurovision act? Not I, to derail you. I, I don't know to be honest. I only like think. Oh, I think it's Lord. Is that one? Is that the metal Lording? one? That one? Yeah. Lordy, Lordy. Yeah, not Lord. The one who sang about royals. Probably I like the campus ones. If they go completely oh, left field, like what Conchita with? Yeah, yeah. Kids. I'm like just absolutely go absolutely batshit, and then I'm like I'm in here. I still don't understand why Phoenix by Conchita is not a Bond theme because it should be. Mm. The next Bond film should be called Phoenix. Just saying there's opportunities. No one's uh, been yeah. signed up yet, so yeah. Yeah, I, I heard rumors it's going to be Ed Sheeran. Oh, no. I know. Don't ridiculous. No. no. I refuse. I, I absolutely refuse. I don't even like Bond and I still refuse. I know, I know. Well, Bond 25 is depressing enough with that. I know, I know, I know. Anyway, we'll talk about Bond actually in the review of uh, Secret Cinema later on. Mm. But, um, so, yeah, that Eurovision movie. You but, also know Will Ferrell was a massive Eurovision fan though. Yeah, of course. You, As in he goes all the time. You wouldn't be. You wouldn't sign up to that if you weren't, right? Yeah. Like, so I feel like it's more a love letter thing than the spoof. Maybe that makes it good in itself. Yeah, that's true. Very true, very true. Netflix recently, and I don't know what they've cancelled because they don't actually tell you much. Everything? But, um, yeah, you see the outcry from social media. What's, what's kind of our take on this? Because a lot of people are... I don't know if it's rightfully so, but mm. outraged about certain shows being cancelled recently. OA? The OA being one. Of I them. liked the OA. So the first season is one of the. I don't do this anymore, but I, I think I. I don't think I mentioned it on the podcast, but I think I might have referenced it when we were talking before. Thirteen Reasons Why. Mm-hmm. I was in a very <laughs> emotional watching space where um, my friend in America and I watched it in tandem, and I was working a lot of late shifts. I'd uh-huh. get back, and I actually didn't binge it all. I watched a couple of episodes with her in my dressing gown, and I'd cry quite. A lot, right? And uh, it was a draining weekend, a bit. I imagine, <laughs> um, yeah, very draining. But I, I enjoyed the first season in that weird emotional teen 
retrospective way. As in, I felt like I was a teenage girl. I had so much angst. The OA, I also did something similar. I watched it with another friend. I kind of was like, what the hell is going on in this series? And then I got into it Mm. and the whole plot, but everybody was really slow to it. So it felt like very lonely in that I was just like, does anybody know the OA? So I ended up writing an article and it was the most commented thing when I was at the Mirror because everybody felt the same. Yeah, It was like very weird people, like random groups of people watched it. So I dropped off after season one. Season two came and then people were kind of caught up enough that we watched it at the same time. But it kind of removed that experience of confusion, which I think it relies on. So when they cancelled it, I was kind of like, I kind of get it in a weird okay. way, even though I know she had more to tell to and tell, more yeah, to go. Like, yeah. I need to know about that blooming octopus. <laughs> <laughs> Things well, I'll never know. Did, did I, was that a thing for you? Did you like it? I've been meaning to. I mean, again, just... Just watch the first season yeah. and then leave it. Yeah. And now they've cancelled it, do you yeah. want to invest in it? So, like, I haven't bothered with Jessica Jones season three just because I was just like, oh, you've... Oh, yeah, you were saying this, so you're actually yeah. not going to watch no, it. No, why? Like... Because you're just tying it up, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, but I, I really didn't like season two already. It's like okay. this, I've MC... heard it's better. Yeah, it improves. Really. But I'm, I'm kind of the same. I'm it's like, like, look, I've had enough of parenting issues. Mm. Like, stop doing a whole narrative about you go oh. find your parent, right? Does it Father and mother issues are the worst yeah. prop in Which storytelling. essentially season two of Jessica Jones. So yeah. I was just it, like, oh, yeah, season two is dreadful. Does it change, though? So... I, I mean, I just literally watch everything anyway, so I'm a bad example. Mm. But I'm curious: does it? So, if something gets cancelled, but they knew they were gonna, they were approaching the end, right? So, you, we mentioned Arrow earlier. Yeah. Arrow knows it's yeah. gonna be. Oh, that's fine. They're no, tying I'm still it up. To, okay. Yeah, I'm still planning to catch up on that. Yeah, because that was like they've they've come to their own conclusion. <laughs> but if you know it's gonna be open ended yeah. yeah. and it's not, finished. it's like okay. So when Lost was on in oh, season one, and everybody was watching Lost, I read an article in I think EW which, among other things, talked to the writers. And the writers were saying, at that point, and we're literally like three or four episodes in season one, because that's all I ever watched. Yeah. Um, and this was talking about how the writers didn't know where they were going and were going back and shooting bits and inserting them into in, earlier yeah. episodes as they went to make it look like there was a plan, but there actually wasn't a plan. And I kind of thought to myself at that point, I'm not going to invest in this when like I did in know. nine yeah. years of the X-Files for them to come to no conclusion. Like I don't, I'm not willing to do that. And that's kind of been my thing since. If you're not, if you're... If you don't even know, then yeah. I... Oh, I mean, there, are, yeah. there have been exceptions. Like I watched Serenity after it being cancelled because it really was impossible to see here before it was cancelled. Yeah. So you mm. had to wait for the box set on DVD. Um, and I knew that was going to die and I still watched it and I have no regrets. But, you know, there are... <laughs> it's probably quite specific. You mentioned yeah. the X-Files. That's a really good example because mm. I love the X-Files. It feels like a massive chunk of my like, early teens was taken up. Mm. I obsessed yeah. by it. And I have a photographic memory. So my mum jokes about it now where she was like, I was doing my exams and I'd watch episodes and then she'd be like, "What? Well, when did this happen? And I'd be like, that was season four, episode so-and-so. It's the only thing I've ever bothered to do it for. Wow. But it's my comfort watching. And then when I knew it was going to end, it was already like season eight when David Coveney yeah. decided to fuck off. Um, abducted, inverted commas. Sure. Um, but then when I, I knew it was going to end, yeah. But when they tied it up, in a way, I'm like, I kind of like it when someone ties something up because then they had the films and I was like, eh. Yeah, they can tie it up bad. Dexter's a great example of tying yes, it up Yes, exactly. Oh, tie so it up. Yeah. But then again, and I was thinking about this because that's the sort of things you think about when a TV show ended five years ago. But... Um, <laughs> How do you end it? Like, because and I don't. That's a whole other podcast. And I just want to see. To say, I literally want to see the idea. Service or of, what you think is right. Well, it's, it's probably just, the, di- the your protagonist yeah. is 
fundamentally bad. He's murdered people. You cannot say that is acceptable and set off into the sunset. But we love him and we want him to set off into the sunset. Wait, why can't you say it's acceptable? So this is another thing. I'm like, I think drama can... It's not saying it is. It's just someone got away with something, right? So Mm. it's like Breaking Bad. It's all these other things. Yeah, but Walter got his carpets. Yeah, I know. But what I mean is like, did he have to? Because do we? It, who says? But we I have think to? I think the problem with a character like that is if he doesn't, then the story, yeah. there's no ending actually. Because yeah. but then that's the end. Yeah. The active, you know, it's not like they're trying to escape a thing and then they go off into the sunset because they've escaped the thing. He's going to do what he's doing and he's going to keep doing it. And why are we not watching him anymore? Yeah. And it seems unfair. So but see, that's what kind of that's actually exactly my point. In that mm. that has to be the ending then. But does it mean that you have to do it for like just just randomly? You're like, no, always have to get the comeuppance. It's like the soap um, mm. joke where they're like, in a soap, there used to be a rule where if you committed a crime, you always had to show them getting a punishment for it. And that's very blurry now. It doesn't always happen. That's true. I, th- I think it goes back to the, like, literally goes back to the old production code in, like, mm. the 1930s in Hollywood where mm. they, they were very clear. You could show people doing criminal things, but they had to get their comeuppance. But there is something very satisfying about that because we know it doesn't happen in real life. And it's it's, it's really true, nice. Actually, yeah. There's something very comforting about it. Not simple fan service, but, like, just on a deep emotional level, there's something mm. very comforting about seeing the bad guy fucking get it. <laughs> Honestly, uh, Boris Johnson, if only. <laughs> but, um, anyway, that's your news for oh, this Adam, week. That's a, that's a separate podcast as well. Up next, we're going to be reviewing some immersive cinema. First time we've done something like this. Uh, full disclosure: we were invited by Secret Cinema. That doesn't affect our review of this. Um, Helen, guys, you've done immersive cinema before. Have you done secret cinema before? I have, yes. But when did you years do? ago. I actually did Wings of Desire when it was actually secret. <laughs> I did. I was laughing at you. I was like, that's no. not what I thought you were going to say. <laughs> but that's not what I thought I was going to see. So, you know, it was... Oh, when so it, it was, was literally, you don't even know what it, it was. was. It was originally secret cinema. Yeah. yeah. So it was secret. And it was in a freezing theatre in West London. Like, genuinely freezing. It was January. They told us to bring coats and blankets. And I had, and I brought gloves and the whole thing. And I was still freezing but they did have circus performers and yeah. guys in trench coats standing around looking vaguely and weird. you didn't steal a trench coat my mind well, immediately went wait them. they have a coat <laughs> no yeah it was very upsetting so but it was I mean it was it was fascinating mm. but um, generally speaking I people, things where people come and act at me are not my favourite it's quite awkward right mm. right yeah. okay well well, I, w- I won't drop the beans I'll put it in put it in my review coming up next but uh, yes I went to a undisclosed London location to enjoy Casino Royale and all the festivities that come for that with Secret Cinema so up next enjoy for the uninitiated secret cinema is a cinematic immersive experience think of it more as not just watching a film but breathing a film living a film experiencing a film and to be honest if you ask me no better way to enjoy it the concept is is that these people take beloved film franchises and put on an exhibition put on a performance put on some theatrics where you get bought into this you do a bit of role playing you do a bit of set work you do a bit of fun with this as well and if you're the sort of person that likes to do escape rooms or like to do some immersive uh, nice nights out then this is definitely right up your alley. They've worked with properties like Star Wars, they've worked on Romeo and Juliet, they've worked on Blade Runner, to name but a few. But this time around, they're turning their attention to the world of James Bond and espionage with Secret Cinema Presents Casino Royale. This is an evening out where basically you start off with a persona, 
Uh, you get given an activity to do. You go to a undisclosed location in London and you are transported into the world of Casino Royale. I can't go into much more detail than that in terms of the actual specifics because I don't want to give anything away, but I want to talk about the experience I had. So first and foremost, the people involved in this absolutely clearly love the craft. I want to give a shout out to the, the staff involved in this. These people bring their A game. The, there is no production, uh, school production of Casino Royale here. These are legitimate actors doing some really cool work. And you, you've got to applaud that sort of stuff as well. There are some amazing set designs you get to see. Again, can't go into the detail of it, but if you're a fan of the film, which why are you buying tickets to this thing? If you're not a fan of the film, you're going to recognize and see the homages in that absolutely amazing night out i really you know i i got involved um i brought my wife along and we were both running around uh, getting involved in the various activities and just drinking it in um i would advise go there as soon as you can in terms of times that are available to you so you get the most out of it and obviously the experience of watching the film itself is absolutely fantastic yes it is no secret to know that there are things that will happen whilst you're watching the film i.e. certain theatrics or events or set pieces will will happen to complement the experience. The biggest compliment I can say is that these things that are going on around you while you're watching this experience, it doesn't detract, it doesn't interrupt, it complements in a way that I don't think I've ever seen before in any other sort of endeavour of this kind. I really enjoyed this night out. I'm not necessarily what you'd call the biggest Bond fan, but you can't help but be swept up in the crowd and the atmosphere. But if you're the sort of person that thinks, hmm, this might be a bit too much, or maybe I don't like speaking in public or speaking to strangers and things like that, don't worry. You don't have to get that involved if you don't want to. You can just go and drink the set pieces. It'll just be a great night out or a great meal or a great drink to go for before your cinematic experience anyway. So it's you get out of it what you put into it. And if you just want to go chill, you can go chill and you're still going to have a fucking great time as well. And um, If I had to rate this, it's kind of weird because, you know, in Talk Film With Me, we, we review films, not necessarily this sort of stuff. But um, yeah, this is a five out of five. This is a great night out. I really enjoyed the work that was done here. The actual the actual experience itself of just going around the venue and getting involved in the activities was so much fun. And then on top of it, you get this set piece immersive experience of actually watching the film and having the whole crowd singing along and quoting the lines and seeing various things being replayed out in front of you. It adds such an experience. Like I say, I don't think there's any better way to enjoy a film than this. I highly, highly recommend it. I can't wait to see where they go next. In fact, I think the next one's going to be Stranger Things. Going to love to see how they take us to Hawkins or somehow in that. And um, so, yes, what more can I say? Get the most out of it. Turn up early. Get in as much as you can, but just drink it in and enjoy. 007 would have absolutely concurred with this incredible five out of five. Secret Cinema presents Casino Royale.
So last time we're in the studio, I said I oh, will play a game, and then we end up. And I over. talked him over <laughs> uh, deliberately to yeah. avoid a Corn- game. I'm joking. I'm joking. Corn- <laughs> call me out my bullshit. And um, I said, ah, oh, damn it, don't worry, we'll definitely get a game in next time. So I'm fucking god damn it, I'm doing it. So um, this one is box office higher or lower. You I'm wouldn't ready. have heard it, but the jingle's fucking incredible. And um, the concept is that's what it says on the tin. I am going to name a film, and I am going to tell you how much it made on its opening box office weekend, and then I'll go. I'll start. Oh my god, I'm already stressing. Say, Look at yeah, that. I know, I know. I'm sweating. Adam, what have you done? <laughs> so, like, for example, like if I said, uh, Helen, Avengers Endgame grossed $357 million on its opening box office weekend. If I said Infinity War, higher or lower, you would say? Lower. And That's not correct. the figure unless you're looking at only the US. It was I'm only looking higher. at US, just oh. in the US. Oh, what? Box office mojo, don't do it for international. They do, uh, you they just have do? to take a different box. Oh. <laughs> I'm like... being called out my bullshit everywhere here today. There, you can join me. We can both have it as shirts. <laughs> Well, I'm just saying that we do have a percentage of our audience that are based in the US, and I want to make sure that they're right, getting fair. the right Okay, thing representation. So, you go yeah, for you. Okay, so um, I have filtered out a lot of films from this because I didn't want to necessarily just focus on... Uh, when I want to go Disney on this, but right, I'm good. taking out Marvel. I'm going to take out Star Wars as well, so I'm oh. going to focus on just some of the classics. Okay. So essentially, I will go... I'll start with Helen, and then we'll go back and forth, right. and uh, there'll be a tiebreaker. This, this is not... This is Numbers is not my game, I'm just no. saying. It's okay, just like... And I love fucking people with this because I'll be like, oh, yeah, think about like when there was less cinemas around or... They say it's taking into consideration compensation, but it's only opening weekends. I'm so. wondering, because I did just spend my commute reading about Disney Renaissance. I'm reading a book currently and a lot of it is based on box office. And if I've not retained any, I'll be very upset. Damn it, you're going to be well... well no, then, I won't. I won't, yeah, that's but, my point. But, <laughs> but tickets were cheaper. That's what I mean. And so. limit like some... But runs were longer back then and yeah, you can proper well, overthink it. We're only looking it. at bo- opening weekends, right? So Yeah, so, but it's... Which but, is why but I'm like, actually, it doesn't help. Help me. Okay, all right, cool. You're ready to play. Yeah. Okay, so, Helen, mm. The Jungle Book 2016 in the US and its mm. opening box office weekend grossed $103 million. Brave Pixar movie. <gasps> Higher or lower? I think lower. You are correct. <gasps> so, Brave grossed $66 million in its opening box office weekend. This has a cracking soundtrack, by the way. That Yeah, yeah, to be fair. Um so after that, I'm going to go Pirates of the Caribbean on Stranger Tides. Uh, I'll, when you get it wrong, I then switch to okay. switch over um, to Joanne. Sorry, I've so got for a second. Ju- I, was like, <laughs> I mean, I was, it's I fine. I Jamie I mean, for a second. We've <laughs> known each other well, it's fine. Yeah. Um, Don't so, get it wrong, basically. <laughs> so anyway, just to recap, Brave 66, Pirates of the Caribbean on Stranger Tides. Higher or lower? Oh, boy. Um, There's the last one. My brain immediately went, which uh, one of the Pirates of the Caribbean is that? Higher. You are correct. It grossed $90 million on its opening box office weekend. Thinking about the partnerships with Johnny Depp and Disney, let's go to Alice in Wonderland, the remake in 2010. Higher or lower? Okay, only because this went on to make a billion. Which was really higher. upsetting. Really yeah. upsetting, because up until that point, a billion meant something. I know. And, then Alice and, and now everybody's like, billion, yeah. billion, billion. So I'm saying higher just because it would be unusual for it to make that little and still make a billion. Higher, yes, yeah, you're fucking nailing it. Okay, so Alice in Wonderland grossed $116 million in its opening box office weekend. Going to go in a different direction, but still Disney mm. animation. Tangled, opening box Ooh. office weekend. Oh, that is tougher. Started the renaissance of yeah. this new digital wave. Wait, you can't nice use renaissance because that was a different... Yeah. All right, okay, sorry. It was the golden. I don't have many words to describe things already, <laughs> Joanne. No, I mean, they've part actually of, got each right, Part of the re-rebirth of Disney animation. Exactly, and there's a reason for that, so... Uh, t- Think lower. 
How much did you say for pirates? Sorry, I'm interrupting. 116. Okay. Uh, it was Alice in Wonderland. Ultimate. Okay. Sorry. I think I think lower than 116. You are correct. 48 million dollars in its opening box office oh, weekend. So uh, going into live action remakes, but not recent. Okay. They remade 101 Dalmatians oh, in did. 1996. Mm. Very very. Popular I want to call that reboot. But fine, you do. <laughs> <laughs> uh, higher or lower than Tangled? Okay, 48 million in 1996 would be a lot. So I'm saying lower. I did adjust for inflation, but it was lower, $33 million on its open. I like that you actually weekend. stipulate that so he couldn't do that to you. <laughs> damn it, damn it. it was like, I see what you're about to do, okay, and so no. Taking one legacy to another, Tron legacy. Oh, oh that's not a legacy. That's that, like, literally in the title. I know, that's my point. So 33 was, um, was 101 Dalmatians. Mm. Tron was a dis- Tron Legacy was a disappointment. It was based like, but I don't know if it was Tron, that much like of a this, disappointment. Close to the title, a lot of people like that franchise. Yeah. No, the ride is good. That would be nothing it, else I mean, is. Thirty six. Hmm. I feel like it made about thirty seven, but I do feel like it made more. So I'm going to go higher. It did. Hell, you're have, fucking smashing this. This is so, great. You keep going. Forty four million dollars on its opening box office weekend. Wow. Now, uh, what I have in my head is the only way is up. <laughs> That's yeah. in the song. This is great. So the next, uh, so after Tron Legacy, let's go to a sequel to a Pixar movie, Monsters University. But technically, oh, oh, it's second. A pre- oh, it's a prequel, isn't it? Sorry. Yeah. Mm. Well, it's technically the second movie, but a prequel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just saying. Okay, so and the number to beat is forty four million. I feel like Monsters University made about 48, so I'm going to go higher again. It did, but it went 82. Oh, It did surprisingly well, and it was the only reason why they did those weird spin-off things. Yeah, fair. Okay. So, um, but uh, another big franchise coming back onto the screen, Mary Poppins Returns. Ooh. 82. Um, Higher? It went lower. I was going to say, that's the only one where it was like... I know, and I was... Did you like Mary Poppins Returns? I know I'm derailing your your game. I quite liked it. So my mum loved it. And I was really surprised because she's... She was the reason why I like Disney and Mm. she'll watch all the other ones. But she came out and she was so ecstatically happy just because the whole... But then she heard what everyone else was saying... I was very confused. Yeah. And I, I kind of use it as a like a weird litmus test going, is it because of the vibe of Disney that you go to see Disney or is it because of the story? Because I think my mum loves the feeling of it and the vibe of it. Yeah. We'll go to like Disney World and Disney and yeah. Paris. But yeah, I was at the time I was surprised it did as badly as it did. Yeah, I, I'm I'm very surprised. Because I quite liked Emily Blunt. I mean, I didn't yeah. think it was the best thing, but it, mm. it was good. And it's got Lynn um, Manuel Miranda in it. Like, we don't love him. What? Well, what? Well, so I was wrong at last. It's your turn. Okay, I'm gonna. It's gonna come straight back. We've literally got a couple of minutes left, so I'm gonna have to throw in. I've got some backup ones of the MCU to throw in there. So I'll start from. That's harsh. You obviously know that Mary Poppins tanks. I'm gonna say Aladdin higher or lower, just to give you 2019 to give you a chance of uh, getting back in it quickly. Go higher because it broke the. Okay, Beauty and the Beast 2017. Uh, this is opening, yeah. Yep. Higher? Yep, $174 million in its Ooh, opening box office weekend. I feel like all the numbers for any of the remakes are unfair, though, but anyway, go on. Yep, okay, so Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. I'm going to throw an MCU in there. Lower? It was, but not much. I was going to say, much. it's quite close. 146. Yeah. So I'm going to go Doctor Strange, higher or lower? I'm just going to say lower because I want it to be lower. Oh, hey, leave it alone. Before you tell me why you I, don't like it. I told it. you, I don't uh, like Benedict Cumberbatch. <laughs> so Move that was on. 85. The Avengers... 
Higher. Yeah, of course. 207. Absolutely smashed it out of the park. Uh, Iron Man 3. Higher or lower? 3. The best Iron Man. Yeah, that's why I'm like, I want to say higher. It was lower, 174. Damn it. I mean, I mean, you go, yeah, it was it very, very high for when it... I have strong yeah. feelings again about Iron Man, though, where it improved. It's I am wearing a Stark improved. industry shirt right now. Yeah. So no, no, it's improved. It that's my point. Now. I feel like it improved. And now I'm sad he's dead. Um, so anyway, <laughs> just... just oh, oh, no, sorry, the three people out there and my mother. Um, shouting abuse at Tom Holland. So just to finish it off then, so Iron Man 3 gross $174 million on mm. opening box office weekend. I'm now going to ask you, Captain America, the first Avenger, higher or lower? Lower. Than 174? Yep. Yeah, lower. Absolutely. You are <laughs> Do you know what Did the... it even make that much overall at the US box office? Yeah, I was going to say that was there. Um, Adam, because yeah. you're getting away with this and not actually having to answer any questions in yeah. this game, um, Disney Renaissance, highest <laughs> gross, grossing Disney Renaissance movie, go. What, your, your one? I'm just saying classic. Lion King. Nope. Uh, Basil, Great Mouse Detective. <laughs> Opening weekend. Technically, it was Tarzan. Really? Yeah. Well, Even I though it tanked after that, <laughs> so oh, da da da. Okay. Well, that's it, what I was reading earlier. So it was oh, yeah. was cheating. It was basically like it beat Newton the Beast and everything else. Even though its long tail was very, it was really short yeah, in terms no of um. Well, because it had Phil Collins on the soundtrack. It's cracking fans. Right. No jacket required. So there you have it. Box office high or low? Thanks, guys. Been a blast. <laughs> Thank you for taking the time to listen to this podcast. If you've enjoyed listening to this, and maybe, just maybe, you're willing to go a little bit further, click on the like, follow, subscribe, or if you're really fucking lower, then give us a review as well. Why not? Um, I would love to thank my guests. Thank you so much for your time and biscuits and fun. and everything. <laughs> They're your biscuits. Yeah, thank you for the biscuits. Oh, and gin. I've drunk quite a bit. You probably could tell by the progression throughout the podcast <laughs> that I've had too. <laughs> I get more passionate as I have more gin. Well, passion comes with gin. Mm. So, Jaren, how can people find you? Um... Oh, I had a really stalkerish response. Anyway, Twitter. <laughs> that's because that's of the two gins. Um, at Joanne underscore Brownie. Um, I'm also on Facebook as Joanne Brownie as well. Yeah. But Twitter is where the best quality mm. ranting oh, yeah. and TED Talks happens. is at. I couldn't think of any. The mute button's your friend. <laughs> uh, Ouch. Helen, thank you so week, much. Yeah. As always, absolute pleasure to have you. Um, how can people find you? Uh, I'm on Twitter at Helen L. O'Hara. Somebody else. Not on, you know, I tried TikTok the other day and I felt like literally I am that Steve Buscemi beam, beam of like, hello children like I, I can't get it I'm, I'm way too old wait a second I'm on Instagram I just realised something yeah. I followed you recently because your book oh really your oh, wow. books are amazing and you got a book coming out very that's soon that's what I was about to say yeah. do you not want to mention that Adam Sorry. Jesus uh, yeah no so I wrote a book on 80s movies that's um, why it's anyways but now you've got your superhero one which I is the do. one that I am about ready to enjoy I literally saw it for the first time today because they haven't sent me my copy but I they've sent one to Empire so yes. I saw one in the I saw some one of your employees was yeah James that's what I mean it. I saw that yeah I haven't, but it was. It's not. It's hard, hard cover this time. Ooh. I feel very fancy. Doesn't it have like the matte thing on the people? You know, uh, yeah, the, 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 yeah, shiny I think the bit. people are the people are shiny and that's my favourite thing kinda in the cool. world. Um, so yeah, so it's about superhero movies. Um, uh, I I had a limited word count, so it's not all of them. Like it's not the 1990s Captain America, but it's okay. of course all the good Captain Americas. <laughs> um, and America on Amazon, it had the <laughs> Superman original, like Mr. Reeves. So oh yeah, it's got yeah, it's that got, was my preview. Yeah, they, I started with him. I, I thought about starting with the 60s Batman and decided not to because again, limited count. Yeah, but you know, it goes right up through from there for all the big ones. So basically, you know, through the Batman through the blades um, you know mentions for things like the phantom but like let's just draw honourable mentions Wonder Woman of course yeah, yeah. Hmm? Mystery Man you had to watch Woman? Woman? 
Um, Mystery Men is in there, but it doesn't get a full two-page spread. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah. Wow, amazing. Can't wait for it to come out. In fact, last time you were on, we did have a bunch of your books to sign. I have squirreled one away. I will be giving it away uh, this week on our Twitter account. And I probably will stalk you somehow of your new book and ask you to sign (laughs) that and give that away as well. In a out the front in the rain, holding up a book. (laughs) (laughs) Hello, please. Um, As long as you play Peter Gabriel. I was about to say, wait, that's a very specific (laughs) reference. Um, So anyway, next week we'll be playing a review uh, of what is coming out in the cinema very soon. Once upon a time in Hollywood, uh, initial reactions. Are. I oh I was about to say I love Manson that's not what I mean I love true <laughs> crime and true stories but you've have, you've seen, seen it, it right yeah. right I feel that the trailer doesn't li- well it's Tarantino it doesn't tell you what it actually is yeah. Yeah. that's the only thing I, I would say I will say that it is my favourite of his films but with the caveat is that, that low bar for you though it's a lower bar because I I admire him a lot but I do not love him in my heart the way that many oh, really? Film fans do. Also, right. we're coming to the end of Tarantino. Yeah, he so said he he's said. A, the next one is the last one. Yeah, epilogue as he directed. But, but I, I honestly, I mean, I thought this was fantastic. I think it's kind of meandering at first. Don't go in expecting a lot of plot, but it's so charming and it has a lot, I think, more heart than a lot of his films. So I just loved it. Amazing. Well, we'll be going through that, in, not spoiler, but in a fun way uh, next time. So stay filmy till next time. Talk filmy to me.